This is a lockdown booty call. A lockdown booty call. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Booty Calls. My name is Robin Boot, and in episode 9, I'm talking with Archie Sylvester and Izzy Ferris, better known as the band Ferris and Sylvester. Now, I've got no idea how they came up with a name for their band, but in the last four years, they've had huge success touring around the world, sharing stages with the likes of Eric Clapton and Robert Plant, and actually winning Best Emerging Artist of the Year 2020 at the UK Americana Awards. We discussed how they first met and started performing together, and how they recorded their first EP in the living room of their flat in Streatham, annoying the neighbours in the process. We talked about how they've managed to use lockdown to focus on new creative projects. We also talked about the hallucinogenic qualities of Danish oil, and how frustrating D major is as a chord. If you enjoy this podcast, please do share it with somebody else you think might like it, and go and check out the other ones I've recorded. This is episode 9 of Lockdown Booty Calls, with Ferris and Sylvester. Archie, Izzy, welcome to Lockdown Booty Calls. It's a pleasure to see you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you both doing? We're good. We're good. Thank you very much for, for having us on. It's, uh, it's nice to see a friend. It is. It's really nice to see two friends. It's fantastic. I can't remember the last time I actually saw you um, in person. I think it may have been at Black Deer Festival oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> last last summer, summer 2019, when people used to go out in large groups. Oh, shock horror. That yeah. was one. The that kick drum pedal hot. and the kick drum pedal broke, and our microphones yep. broke. Yeah, it was a fun, fun show though. But apart from that, it was a really, uh, really good gig. You know, we we all have our challenges to overcome, don't we? Now, the people watching this on the webcast version will see quite an interesting background. Uh, the people listening to the podcast won't have a clue what I'm going on about. <laughs> Can you just describe where you are at the moment and where you've been spending lockdown? Well, I mean, we're in our we're in our studio uh, at home at the moment, and. This is basically where we've been spending most of lockdown, actually, in this little room. Every and day. Yeah, we just, we spent the last sort of few days, or last week, we took, we took a few days out and made um, made some very, very interesting acoustic diffusers that are based on prime numbers that we built from scrap. <laughs> Cut the wood. I bought a circular saw, which our neighbours are very impressed with. Um, and uh, it's good fun, though. It's one of those stores that you just... You, you measure the wood up when you put it in, it just goes, yeah, you pull the handle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's rock and roll 24 seven in your household, isn't it really? Lockdown, Lockdown has brought out a lot of, a uh, lot of interesting hobbies, I'd say. Yeah. Again, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, do check out the web uh, webcast uh, <laughs> version because it does look like SimCity meets Jenga on their back wall. I think <laughs> being had a little, little arts and craft club going on in the Ferris Sylvester household. We like making things, um, or it's it's nice to to actually sit there and make. I mean, the, the studio where we are, we built built the whole desk ourselves, um, designed all of the rack gear and um, not the actual gear, the the rack the, the racks that mm. hold the gear, built all of that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's nice once it it's nice once you've actually done it. It feels quite good, you know, that no one else is going to have exactly that because we built it. Got very into Danish oil. <laughs> oh yes what a fantastic oil I, I like a bit of danish oil that blend of linseed and polyurethane it's the the classic combination of classic. natural and artificial coming together for, oh, yeah. like for, the, for the greater good <laughs> <laughs> well this isn't how i expected the uh, the podcast to start uh with your four minutes in with <laughs> we're talking about the benefits of danish oil yeah oh, so um you can use it indoors outdoors oh, um, <laughs> I, I love the smell of it 
it, it reminds me it reminds me of my granddad actually Dana Ford. um he used to be very good at making things out of wood um so it's mildly hallucinogenic as well forget your your opiates and your weed or whatever the 1960s and 70s held danish oil is the future of of music creativity that's right well since the c word came into effect it's been very difficult to access the normal hallucinogenics so we've had to use um well you know as soon as the hardware shops open we put straight in there stock up if b and q is your dealer is it <laughs> oh yeah b and q the orange job oh, i'm desperate for a screw fix <laughs> that be this or they that's it yeah. yeah i think we should move this on otherwise we're going to go down a very dark route uh very early on uh so lockdown restrictions are still in place uh, i know that you've been quite productive but what would you be doing normally if we weren't under lockdown well we were we were due to be in the middle of festival season i guess uh that was kind of our thing for this year and and uh we have a record we have an album that we finished uh last year which like many other you know we're we're one of many uh many acts artists bands musicians who have had to kind of just put put their work on hold for a bit which which has opened up you know lots of other things for us to do and, and focus on um but yeah now that that's kind of on on hold and we're not playing live and we're not we're not promoting this album we've basically just had time to to write a lot and um focus on production focus on 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 yeah writing and and Archie our other lockdown project for Archie has been learning the drums, um so yeah we've just been we've definitely filled what would have been a busy summer, uh we've filled with I think some productive things. And obviously the last few years for you have been absolutely crazy. I know you met, you met back in 2017 in Spiritual Bar if I'm. Not mistaken. Actually, do you want, let's let's go back to where it started because uh, I want to hear a bit more about this. Um, tell me where you actually first met properly, either professionally or even romantically, if we could have that sort of side to the podcast as well. Romantic. Oh, that seems a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do professionally then, if you're going to be like that, uh, Archie. <laughs> we because I I'd been going to the bar for about six months um, before we actually met at Spiritual Bar. Um, which is in Camden and it's got a great a great scene and we've met a lot of our great friends there um but we I think we'd done like three gigs together at one at Spiritual Bar and we a couple we had done a few gigs together and but never Izzy, spoken I was always playing later on because I was louder I don't know it's the thing about when you go and see live music the loudest people go on later um and uh, or uh, anyway, and Izzy, I kept watching Izzy's sets, and then Izzy would leave before I did my set. That's a lie. I did that one. Absolutely not a lie. <laughs> totally true. And I remember being quite sort of like, like the first time I was like, you know, these things, these things happen. You can't. But three times, and I was like, hmm. Spiritual maybe. bar, spiritual bar. I definitely watched you at spiritual bar and many you, times. You were with your friends and talked the whole way through the set. You see, I don't, I don't, I don't have a picture of personality at all. No, I, then, I, I, I did leave one, one show because I had work the next day, and I. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. And I left early. Um, anyway, um, we eventually we did, did a big etiquette. We did meet finally, sort of properly. Um, what? The first time I actually properly spoke wasn't actually at Spiritual Bar. Um, it was at um, a fairly... Horrible place. 
Well, it's def- absolutely not a horrible place. It's just a place where we probably have never, in fact, definitely haven't ever been since. <laughs> what was it called? You're burning bridges. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Mihiki, and it's opposite the Ritz. And I had a gig there. They did like an acoustic Wednesday night. Anyone who knows what, it's a club in London. And I'm pretty sure yes. you, you know, you have to pay a lot to get in and it's very expensive. And so it's just not a place that either of us would ever have gone to. But I had a gig there and you knew some people that were there. And so we met. Yeah. We met there. But I was I, sick that day. So I left early on, on my own gig as well. Again. So And so at what point, Izzy, did you... St- uh, start running out of excuses and you're actually able to uh, <laughs> bond so- properly um well then we met we it wasn't like i was chasing her absolutely <laughs> not I, I had i didn't really i hadn't thought a huge amount about it this is fantastic body language as well archie people on the podcast uh won't see just how it changes we it feels like <laughs> i'm doing re- reverse couples counseling where they came in all joyful and happy and in love and now they are very much yeah backs turned but, to each other and uh having one, a full-on domestic almost one pound a minute to hear how shit i am at six that's the peep show quote i just need to all right yeah just clarify that before i start thinking about snippets i can use to uh, advertise this podcast (laughs) um yeah well then after that after after we'd met a few times we kind of um i went to a couple of your shows and we met at spiritual bar a couple of times and then we decided to i'd sent you some demos and so then we wrote together a few times um Mm. and just became really good friends quite early on um, and yeah. I wanted to be in his band because that was something I was I was quite new to London and um, I was doing my own gigs and my own shows. But I I didn't really have the confidence as a as like a big singer um, and so I or as a guitarist. Uh, and so I just decided that 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 would be something that I want to do. And so um, I was I was quite insistent that I wanted to play in your band and, mm-hmm. and do BBs, uh, to which I, I I did. We did a couple of shows. Yeah, I learned Izzy uh, a guitar, a um, an electric guitar, and uh, we did we played at the Hundred Club. Yeah, on Ox- oh. Oxford Street. It was a cool. It was a cool gig. And Slightly different from Mahiki in terms of vibe. Oh, great! Very vibe. different. Hundred Club's a great venue. Um, classic. I think the Rolling Stones have played in the in the Hundred. I think everyone has at some point. Yeah, apart, so- apart from me, anyone worth their uh, <laughs> anyone worth it has played there. There's the... I'm available. If the 100 Club are listening, I am available. I've, my diary is free between now and 2025, I think. <laughs> Maybe they'll squeeze you in when they, when, when they reopen. Um, yeah, we did that. And then Izzy, um, Izzy decided to kick out the bass player and drummer. Um, and then, then it became a duo. Um, that is not... Since that's not actually uh, so is he's a parasite is basically what you're saying. She's come in and she's taken over and got rid of what... Uh, what you knew and loved and just just dominated this now duo basically i wouldn't say no she didn't kick anyone out it just it developed it developed once we started um writing together um i i knew the producer youth um who uh i'd been to see quite a few times and i've taken songs in 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 to see him and he the first few times he was like no rubbish absolutely rubbish and then i kept going back i don't think he expected me to keep going back i kept texting and saying oh, i've got some more songs would you like to hear these ones he would go all right then come around and then um 
yeah, and then eventually started giving some sort of um, constructive criticism, I suppose is probably the word. And then um, Izzy and I had started doing stuff, doing some writing together. Um, and um, this is this is I don't know, probably near near a year since I'd seen Youth previously, and I texted Youth and said I've got this um, this this new project um, with Izzy. Do you want to hear what we've been working on? Um, and he said, yeah, sure, um, come around. And um, so we went and sat in, in youth front room and played played a few, so literally stumbled through a few songs. I don't even know if we'd ever done a gig, had we? If we had, it was awful. And yeah, very much just stumbled through very nervously. And um, he said, I, I really like this, um, to our surprise. And um, he said, let's... Let's record them, which was, you know, which was a real um, step for us. That was, you know, we were so excited to do that, and I think that probably was a big factor in giving us the confidence to concentrate on the duo rather than our separate solo things. So we said, why, why, why don't we, why don't we concentrate on this for a little bit and see, see what happens? And yeah, that was four years ago and I guess we're still we're still concentrating on it um so yeah we definitely have have um youth to thank for giving us the confidence to to properly give it a go really but also your own persistence and determination to keep banging on the door and saying listen to us and and, and not giving up yeah um, yeah yeah so he's quite he, he was quite he's quite a Scary is the wrong word. I was quite scared. I was 19 when we met you. Uh-huh. And, so, you know, it was just like the scariest thing. And, and quite rightly, I feel like when we were there, he was, he was, especially the first couple of times we met, he kind of wanted to test us and who, and, and yeah. you know, who we were and, and all of that. And I just found it all very exciting. But yeah, really scary. Really scary. And are you still, are you still in touch now and yeah. friends with him still? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we see, we see him every now and then haven't seen him for a little while obviously but we we still we work a lot with um michael rendell who um has produced a lot of our stuff um since then and michael um we met through youth as well so michael was youth's engineer um for about 10 years he still he still works with youth a lot um and when we recorded with youth actually that's when we met michael for the first time and we properly hit it off uh, Michael and Archie are, are, are soulmates well I feel like the three of us are all kind of soulmates but <laughs> but Michael and Archie are, uh, are very in tune and so uh, producing they they co-produce a lot now with with our stuff um so our new stuff is kind of just them together and they and they just mesh so well um, and they discuss the best sorts of wood and oil to use in Exactly. Michael's literally... somebody who will, who will listen to me. Whereas I don't know and what to say. I'm always asking, ever since we met, actually, been. I can't believe he hasn't got bored. I'm sure he has. But So what about um, this microphone? What did they use when they did this this vocal? How did, what did the microphone do? So, right, that was a tube condenser. Right, okay, cool. So that was, right, what preamp? And, and he would just... Um, had... Analyze it to the nth degree. Make sure everything was right, so that you can just unleash your creative and well, we, creative flair on it. We've learned, yeah. yeah, we learned, we learned a lot from him, and we still, we still work with him. Mm. Um, and he'll come in and 
he has the really good ability to be able to um, take what Izzy and I have been working on, which can sometimes be quite a fully fledged idea. And sometimes the, the thing that, that Michael's really clever with is if it is going in the right direction already, just to help push it over the line and not go, right, I'm here now, we're going to do it my way and we're going to do it like that. He totally understands that um, it's all about the performance. Sometimes you might nail the vocal performance in your bedroom and it doesn't matter if, if it was recorded on a cheap microphone, it, mm. it is totally irrelevant. No one cares once it's on the record. If you've yeah. got the performance right, that's probably the one to go with. There's plenty of circumstances, and when, especially when we recorded um, our first album, which we did over Christmas time, um, when we'd recorded loads of stuff at home and we went in to redo it, we'd go, right, well, let's just, we'll redo the guitar part because now we're in this amazing studio and the, this microphone and blah, blah, blah. But actually, it wasn't as good as the one that we'd recorded whilst we were on tour in this little airbnb that we were staying in and just went through a little interface with a crappy microphone that was the one and that's the one that's on the album now because eventually we realized that yeah. that had something that we can't replicate in this because the moment was right the performance was right and actually when you go into a more sterile environment when you don't have the the rawness and you try and overanalyze things and get everything all this tech around you yeah it's not necessarily the right environment to to be artistic and well, it, let your creativity flow, is it? Absolutely, it can be. But music is not about perfection, um, no. for in in our opinion. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Good, and I, I've been doing it right then. <laughs> yeah, maybe slightly too right at times. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so this was what 2017 um, that this all started 20, taking shape. Actually, we've yeah we've known each other for over four years now. Okay. We recorded, we went and recorded with youth that in 2016, yeah. and that was our first project um, that we did. But it was very raw. I mean, it was it, it was before we, you know, had a name um, and before we'd kind of found our feet with our sound. Okay. Uh, and we're very, very proud of it. Um, but it kind of exists in physical form now. Um, and and then we'd kind of, I think it took us a while. We did that, and that was that was that was brilliant. Uh, but that was four songs that we'd recorded, and by September we'd we'd written quite a lot. We'd written, yeah, you know, quite a few songs that that we felt that we felt we needed to get out there. And so we just we didn't have a team. We didn't have, you know, the 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 youth connection was amazing, and 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 we really enjoyed working with him. But we kind of had an itch that we wanted to, you know, do it on our own because we, you know, we kind of had all these ideas in our head and, you know, together all the time and just all this work was kind of flowing yeah. out. So, and then the, the following summer, which was in 2017, we recorded Maiden Stretton in our home in Stretton. Yes. Um, which, which was a really big step for us in terms of confidence because it was, it was, we literally did it the most, you know, without any budget, we 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 got insulation on the ceiling with a net, and um and a net held all of this. All of this. This is a, a net, as in a, a big piece of netting. It wasn't some one of your friends called a net. It was just there for a few days yeah. in the recording studio, holding up this yeah. nice padding. Good, yeah, good girl. Proper budget. Yeah. Strong arms. <laughs> uh, an older net. I believe that actually that was your idea. Um, 
the, to build a gazebo and put a net on top oh, of really? it. Really? <laughs> I think that was your idea, wasn't it? Because you came around, didn't you come around to PA yeah. or something like that? Probably. Something came around and uh, and I was explaining what we were trying to do. And I said, we need. I need to figure out, we can't drill into the ceiling and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But we need to get some sort of acoustic insulation on the roof, apparently, according to the engineer who's going to be helping us. And um, and you said, well, I, was, I can't figure out how to do it. And you said, you should get a gazebo and put a net on the top. And that's exactly an internal structure. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, it is the gazebo effect, which is purely psychological. So I don't know if it actually had any uh, real, <laughs> real purpose. Uh, who knows? Who but, knows? We did, but we did that record in five days. We The two of us had, had done all these demos in the pre-production, but we didn't, because we just didn't have a, any budget. We, we just had to get it done really, really quickly, not take up anyone's time and stuff. And and so it was... Uh, she's found the... Uh... We'd written out a schedule, like to to the minute. Yes, yeah. I found it, and we'd written out like, right at nine o'clock, um, uh, the drummer is going to arrive. It's going to take. We're going to leave two hours to set up drums and get nice. the sound. He's then going to have an hour to nail everything, and then and then at one o'clock. The bass player will arrive. We'll have half an hour. Well, half then, an hour for lunch. I think I put half an hour for yeah, lunch. Yeah, because I had to do the sandwiches. What but what was <laughs> what was funny was that we had we didn't have a lot of our own gear at the time. And um so we had hired in from this company in West London. We were living in Streatham and so at eleven o'clock at night every day we had to stop, get in our car, run it back, get it back there by midnight so we weren't charged an extra day. And then go and pick them up the next day because I don't I don't know why we did that. Um, because it costs more to have it all delivered. Yeah. Because it, we, 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 couldn't we couldn't afford have to have. We hired like nice um, microphones and 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 some decent gear to be able to do it. Yeah. But we had to hire to be within our budget, which is pretty much non-existent. It had to be right on Thursday <laughs> is when we're going to be doing the vocals for all the songs. With so this one microphone. We need that microphone. And that preamp on that day, but we can't afford to have it for the whole week, so we yeah, have to go in. And also to have it delivered was more expensive as well. So, so it's like library books. Once you finished with uh, one book, you get take it back, and only then can you get out the. Uh, exactly. the next and, and that was it. And so it was literally eleven fifty nine on the dot. We'd show up, drop something off, and then we'd be back the next morning to pick up the next one. So it was. It was pretty Quick question. You were you were living in a was well, a flat in a terrace house in Streatham at the time. Mm -hmm. What was your relationship with your neighbours like? Not good before you started recording, but more importantly after you started recording. We had some, not good. We had an Australian couple that lived above us who hated us, but too right they hated us because we played music <laughs> all day and night, and so we we yeah. understand that we weren't the best neighbours, but we we had a radio too performance our first ever it was that was in 2018 the beginning of 2018 the record maiden dressing was just about to come out and we and we got ourselves a sunday morning slot playing playing live on radio two we were so excited and we spent the whole of the week before practicing we had to do a cover and we did waterloo sunset by the kings and we spent the whole time practicing and uh and they, and they were i think what we'd said is 
here's our number. If it gets too loud, just text us, like, and we'll we'll work it out. Phone on silent. Sorry. <laughs> and so I think they come downstairs and said, "We're going out now. We're going out for dinner." This was on Saturday night, so it's like the night before. They said, "We're going out for dinner." So kind of you can rehearse get, now. Get you can be loud. They went out at quarter to five, and they came back from their Saturday night dinner at seven o'clock. I was like, <laughs> I feel so sorry for them. Um, but over there, we're just really horny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think they were. That was the thing. They were quite stuffy, weren't they? But, so, but it was quite funny because then they came back at seven o'clock and we were playing really loud. But yeah, so we don't. We didn't have the best relationship with them. But we do. We, we also had some really lovely neighbours, and and we're really lucky. It's a it's a nice place to live, and um and everyone's really friendly. So no one really, apart from them, no one really. Yeah, they, well, they eventually moved to Australia. They moved back to Australia. <laughs> well, you were allowed, weren't you? <laughs> Um, but we did eventually over the over the time we were there we did eventually get to know a few of the neighbors that were quite close by turns out that another one of them was also a musician and so i'm sure i heard drums going on one day and i was like yeah that that was that was us. that was us he's so absolutely fine he he does uh he's a guy called errol reed um who's um amazing singer and he, he he's um uh he's always doing lots of vocal stuff and edits upstairs and i'd heard you sort of know when either someone has got a broken record or they're mental or they're editing some sort of music because you kept hearing the same bit of music going very often it's a combination of all three isn't it why do they keep playing the same fucking bit of the song over and over and over and then I realised that he was doing some music stuff. And, you know, he didn't like so you, you mentioned your first uh, Radio 2 uh, performance. And then, so this is two years ago, uh, 20, yeah, 2018, two years ago. And then since then, you've gone on to, I've just, I've written down some of the names, some of the, the huge names like Robert Plant and Eric Clapton, sharing stage with them. Also, I've noted down James Blunt and Gary Barlow that we can maybe, you know, it's probably a, a milestone but maybe with there are other more important pivotal moments in your career that uh, we can talk about instead of instead of those artists but then you've you've you, know, you played glastonbury you played south by southwest you've won uk americana awards emerging artist of the year 2020 all this in three or four years after recording an album in your living room with a homemade gazebo as soundproofing on that journey one, did you ever have to pinch yourself to think, what is going on? This can't be real. And two, what do you think the pivotal moments in that journey were to get you to get you to where you are today? That's great. Good question. Good question. Thank you very um, much. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I think mine's a bit. It it probably doesn't sound like a lot, but when um twenty twenty eighteen felt like quite a big year because we so we recorded Maiden Stressman. 2017 and 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 through kind of trying to get that out there and putting on our own shows you, you know just kind of basically without a team try, trying our hardest to, to get stuff out there and we and we got and we met our manager along the way so by the time we got to 2018 we you know that felt like an exciting year for us and I think it was on like the 25th of January someone dropped out of a support slot at Amira um, which is a great venue in, in London Bridge, which we actually played. So we, we did two nights there for our tour last year. But I'd always loved that venue. 
and um and it, you know it's just a great a great place to play and we got the call the day before to say are you free to 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 do to do the show and um it was it was like the first show that we'd probably done to over 200 300 people and mm. and it was just it was just for me that was just like the dream come true and we we've, we've done 400 shows since then but that but that has always kind of stuck in my head and i remember that they told us because there was like a seven piece band going on after us and uh and they told us that we needed to get off the stage really quickly and my adrenaline was so big remember you, you had a black star amp and they yeah. and they were like you need to clear the stage really quickly and i grabbed oh, the that heaviest amp yeah. you've ever seen yeah and i was so yeah. happy i was so happy and so and so like adrenaline there's so much adrenaline i picked it up with one hand and took it out to the car and you were like what are you doing i was just like this is the best day of my life you um, can't pick that amp up in one hand it's full incredible hulk yeah, yeah. It is. Like, here we go just because honestly and I, I i think i think there, there have been so many other moments since then but that was like the first one where it felt really special and there are still people that come to watch us now who are like we saw you at that gig we saw you at, you know two years ago at Amira, and that just like it just felt really, really significant to me. Mm. I was, it was it. That was a good. That was definitely a good moment. I mean, for, we we certainly um, now and always have. We never have quite managed to shake the feeling that we are treading water all the time, running in in sand, and uh, at any moment the the water that we're treading is going to be drained out of the swimming pool and you know it's just gonna all come to a grinding halt the whole thing and um never managed to shake that feeling and so i don't know if we ever will i, I in fact um do you even want to is that a good feeling does that keep you on your toes well, and keep you creative and thinking i'm grateful for be to be here where i am let's keep let's stick yeah. at it instead of getting complacent this is a good point and i think if you were if you're honest you probably do want to shake that feeling you want to feel like you've Maybe arrived somewhere yeah you want to be like yeah right we've arrived now i'm going to take the foot off the gas but that just isn't really in our our personality um and it's not in in the career that we are we've chosen in in the music industry um there's there's someone else you know there's always someone better than you wherever you're doing in any walk of life and we've always had that attitude and so we've always been desperate to just work as hard as we can and 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 prove ourselves but i think that um having you know i still aren't like our most popular songs when we play live and um the stuff that streams the best still in most most instances is the stuff of made in Stretton, yeah. recorded in Stretton. And uh, it's certainly a lesson to us that we always need to remember. Um, and hopefully, you know, if there's any, there's other artists who are sitting there going, well, I don't have a team, so I, I can't do anything. And I don't have, I, you know, I don't have a record label, so I can't put any music out. And I don't have a studio, so I can't record anything. That's all total nonsense. You you can do all of those things by yourself. Um, you just need to have a little bit of creativity. You know, you can buy you can buy an interface and a microphone for probably less than a hundred quid. So if you can do that, then you've got a studio. Um, and yeah. that's that's. I mean, that's essentially all. 
all we had, plus a couple of hired things and a little bit of imagination. So, um, but it's the belief and the drive which you can't buy. That's I true. Think. That's true, and I think that that's where we've been quite lucky to to have each other. You know, when things have been uh, tough, if we've ever done, you know, some of the touring, especially in like the depths of winter, touring can be really, really tough. It's obviously we're always grateful to be on the road, but it can get really hard. And sometimes if the if if the performances aren't quite right, you know, it can it it can take its toll after years of doing it. Um, and I think the fact that we've got each other to kind of and Archie's right, we do have kind of obsessive personalities, both of us, and wanting to work hard and always get further. I think we're quite good at picking each other up, you know, when things when things can get a bit a bit hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are right that the the to have the confidence to to do something like you know record your own EP and stuff. It's it's really it's really hard, and it does take it does take a long time to to kind of trust yourself as well with the writing and with the ideas. Um, we're still we're still doing that now. You know, we still listen to our old stuff and go, oh God, no, that, you know, the stuff that we're doing now is so much better. And it's very easy to constantly be self-critical day after day, so. But it's, it's, uh, I assume it's, it's really a question of finding the balance that being self-critical and being aware, but also, like you said earlier, music or art, it's never perfect. And it's accepting that, you need to be able to produce something regardless of whether it's a hundred percent getting it out there and being creative is what counts. And if, if you're so uptight about getting every tiny detail, right, then you'll never actually have anything to show for your work. Will you? You're so right. You're so right. And that's where Michael's quite good. Like when we, he, he did a lot of guidance. Albums. He's quite, quite, quite good. good. No, but he's very good at that. He's very good at, <laughs> at, at telling us when enough's enough. You know, because yeah. when we do our demos, we can we can agonise for days over over certain certain aspects of it, and and he's so it's an objective ears. Yeah, yeah, and he and he knows he knows now after knowing us for four years, you know, he knows kind of how to how to how to be with us, how to you know kind of manip not manipulate that sounds like an awful word, but you know if if I'm doing a vocal take and and I'm not quite getting it or something, he will nail the vocal take first time not always yeah nearly always if, especially if it's a song that we have played live um you know or toured izzy will turn up and go right yeah right we've got a level yeah okay and literally however long the song is that is then then Thank she's you. she's done and then she'd be like, "No, I can do, I can do it better." The middle, I didn't nail the middle eight, didn't nail the middle eight. All right, let's do, let's do another one. We'll do a few more. And it's nearly always the first, the first take that. That's that kind. Uh, so is this what Izzy has that I didn't? I was wondering why you know you replaced me with someone much <laughs> younger, more talented, and beautiful, and thinking, "Well, we, then you know, what's what's the selling point? Oh, she can actually nail a take in a recording studio without having to go and have a." Have a sulk and a cup of tea because I can't get a bloody baseline right. Well, oh, look, all I'm oh, saying. Salt, there's, there's time and space for salt and cups of teas. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm 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 chief sulker and cup of tea maker. But but you know it's you know and and this isn't we're not just going to spend the whole time complimenting each other. But you know even in the stuff that we're doing now, we just put together an EP and um and it's really exciting. But you know I I'm also I do some of the graphics that for us and that means that I do uh. I do like the listings of, of what goes on each song. And uh, it's really funny because it's like, <clears throat> okay, so this song, right, okay, Izzy, 
vocals. Great. Okay. Archie. Drums, bass, guitar, organ, Farfisa, <laughs> Mellotron, <laughs> percussion, and I don't know, everything else. And it's hilarious. Um, so, you know, I, if I can come in and do my one job well after writing the song, then 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 I, I've kind of got, I've got a lot to live up to. And uh, how many singers can you name compared to how many Farfisa players can you name <laughs> on an album? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know what a Farfisa was. Who are your top three Farfisa artists of all time? <laughs> I didn't know what one of those was until we were in America. Yeah. They're cool. Farfisa's yeah. are cool. Or like a crappy looking Italian organ thing. Um, it sounds like Moroccan street food, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> but they've got, they've got, a, they've got a quite a... Um, a sort of a harsher organ sound than a hammer, like a beautiful Hammond organ is great. We always love that sound. The Farfisa is much more sinister sounding, mm. um, much darker, uh, a, a bit sort of harsher. It, it would distort a little bit more easily. Um, but you can run one of those through a Leslie speaker and you'll get a sort of weird, almost Hammondy kind of thing. Anyway, that's... So that's... Congratulations. Uh, you've not only made it into my top three Farfisa players of all time, but also one of my top three Farfisa experts of all time. So if I... everyone needs stats about that, I will well, I know where to find you. Don't, <laughs> don't expect a phone call anytime soon, but I know where you are. <laughs> just, just so I can reach, get from top three to number one, um, or maybe I can have a stab at that. Uh, there is some funny video, actually, of us playing Farfisa with Ryan. Um, oh, yeah. Ryan Hadlock, who's yeah, yeah. a producer we work with in... Uh, Seattle with Bear, Bear Creek Studios and the Farfisa or the one that he has you've got you use your knee I don't know if you see my knee you use your knee to um it does it does For people listening to the podcast version Archie has demonstrated that he does have a fully functioning knee yeah. well not, not everybody does, does have fully functioning knees anyway um <laughs> you move it with your knee you sort of lift your knee up and you move it from left to right and it changes the sound it makes it like kind of like almost like a wire pedal like that changes the eq okay. so there's some funny because because we couldn't quite play it so it took two of us to play it at points yeah so i was doing the knee thing and i couldn't reach the note up there so he was then playing the note on the right on the top or i can't remember or maybe on the bottom but there's some funny footage of that so anyway just i'm hoping I'll yes. number three <laughs> one now We've gone down some uh, interesting paths on this uh, little chat, yeah. haven't we? Uh, you're talking about fully functioning knees. If I used my knee to, as a musical instrument, I think it'd be quite good as percussion. It's got, like, every time I straighten it out, it gives, like, a nice little rim shot, and it's, like, some nice grindy sort of, like, the egg shakers almost when I move it around. So nice. maybe the Farfisa isn't the one for me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will find my uh, my obscure instrument one of these days, I'm sure. Um, I'd like to move on a little bit and actually talk to how you've adapted how have you managed to keep the creativity flowing and how have you managed to adapt to not playing live? Because I know that really helps uh, your creativity. Well, we were really lucky because when, when this all, um, when the C word kind of struck, uh, we were, we were touring, we were in Europe. Um, and so without realizing it, because we were then supposed to be off in the States and touring the States and, uh, you know, had a cat, you know, had a diary full, um, and so we didn't know it at the time, but our last bit of touring, those last few weeks were great, really, really good uh, shows. We were touring with Jade Bird, who yeah. is our friend from Spiritual Bar. And, you know, so we were 
on the road with our mates and and the crowds were were amazing and it was just it was just a really really good couple of weeks um so at least we had that i think that that's what's been quite nice to think about uh when we've been here um and and we've we've literally scraped past like kind of the deadlines as to when everything was closing so we were right you know we kind of got back here on the 15th of march or something um which was quite scary but yeah so we had that and i think the only other thing it we then took it as an opportunity to write which which was something that we haven't been able to focus on in its entirety for quite a few years you know we just we've been used to writing on the road and as Archie said like doing demos and weird airbnbs on the road and 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 in vans and all, all of that so to be able to to do that actually felt like a bit of a luxury um it, it really did feel quite quite nice and then I think to keep to keep the creativeness flowing you've got to feel happy you know you've got to kind of look after yourself so we've been sleeping a lot eating good food I really like cooking um you well, know. I've seen a lot of that I've dribbled all over my Instagram uh, I'm not I'm I, I'm, I've become very <laughs> proud um but yeah I think it's also yeah so it's, it's that it's it's if you can focus on you know your kind of well-being then the creative side naturally comes whereas if you're if you know there have been some really low points like for everybody it's just really difficult not seeing your friends and family and then you don't want to write you don't want to be creative uh you don't want to do anything um so I think it's just a balance really of of kind of just accepting where you are and uh and and then getting on with it but we've written a lot and we've really we've actually had it's been a really hard time obviously but 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 there have been a lot of uh you know light moments and you've you've literally just finished your EP, your latest EP. You finished that yesterday. You were saying. Well, that's what we yeah we've been working on that for the last um, I guess like month really. Um, we did uh, we put out a single Everyone Is Home in in May. Mm-hmm. There's one of those songs I don't even know what the date is. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what the date is. It's the sixty. It's the sixty third of April. Exactly. That's that sounds about right. Um, so it's definitely one of those times, but we did everyone at home and recorded that here um, in our studio. We decided that um, since since we can't be playing live, we can't be touring, we, we wanted to just keep trying to be productive, keep putting stuff out like we, we talked about. And um, so we, we just carried that on. We had we had some songs that we felt were going to fit well together as an EP. And um, so we kept going and recorded them here and they will be out soon. They'll be out quite soon. But just to go back to the writing thing quickly, there is, I know we've spoken about this briefly over the phone, there's a pressure um, that because there's nothing else going on, there is an almost pressure to be like, well, we have to be writing then. We have to be productive. And we put, I've well, probably I've been more guilty of this than, than you I've been like right we should be able to finish three songs every week um recorded everything done if we're not doing that then what are we doing we should be able to be doing that and really we haven't done that we've maybe done almost one a week and yeah. so that's kind of annoyed me a little bit and but actually that's not bad and it's you're able to spend a lot, quite a lot of time on it um, and you haven't forced it and it presumably the quality is better because it's happened organically as opposed to you instead of forcing yourself to write three songs bang 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 and get them out and it's quantity actually getting the quality is the important thing isn't you're it so right you're so right because because 
you know targets and stuff with 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 creating stuff with songwriting can yeah. be really really tough like really tough and um and yeah as I said we put a lot of pressure on ourselves um and that's obviously self-inflicted but but it's still very much there uh but you know things like getting the drum kit Archie's now it's, it's crazy honestly we've had these drums for maybe less than two months and he's amazing um, that's that's not. Well, you know you are, but it, you know then. I've always been playing drums. <laughs> I've always been amazing, always been amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like those things. My, it... my hands didn't know it yet. That's the only <laughs> problem. <laughs> I've had a rhythm in my head since the day I was born, but my hands weren't connected. <laughs> but I think I, I think that's quite you know important. So then, each song we've learned something new. We've kind of set ourselves a new a new challenge, and so instead of just being like right, we're gonna write that song and okay that's done and then the next one you know we've whether that's working with different time signatures or different tempos or doing a new drum beat or recording the drums in a different way or recording the vocals in a different way we've tried to kind of mix it up so that we're not getting stuck into one one road with keep with, it fresh yeah 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 so maybe the structures come from challenging yourself to experiment with new styles and new yeah. methods as opposed to saying we must finish this on this date that's it. That's it. And that's been a much healthier way for us to work, I think. I think it's important. guiding instead of controlling. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, at any time when you're, um, when, when, when we're writing, <coughs> for example, I will pick up a guitar and I just bore myself picking it up and playing, playing a, what, a D shape. The D shape on, a, on an acoustic guitar for me is the most boring, uninspiring feeling ever but if i play a d major on a piano because i i didn't i don't really play piano I sort of band. so it may not be a d major then <laughs> something jazz yeah well it's exactly it'll be, it will be a d major so i'll get the guitar and go ding, and then ding, 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 no, ding, and then work it out on the piano that's kind of how i do it and I'll go, that is great. That is a genius chord, that is. And then the song will come from there. And where it's just the same thing, but it just feels slightly different. Archie's actually being kind. Um, the Himself playing a D major chord might not be very inspiring, but Archie hates it the most if I play a D major chord. I'm not a very good, good guitar player. And if I come with an idea, Archie prefers me to sing it a cappella. Which I get, you know, because I'm I'm really I'm, my knowledge isn't I, good enough. It's no, it's only because I have a, and it's it's a, it's not a good trait because there's absolutely nothing wrong with a D major chord. Some of the best songs ever have C D G, and there'll be some of my favourite songs ever, and some of some of our songs do that, and but I just need to get it out of my head that there's nothing wrong with with the d major guitar chord and that it, it doesn't have anything to do with how good the song is and that's what that's what is and i always trying to so the nugget of wisdom song. you're trying to impart with us uh, archie it's not about the d it's what you do with it yes that's right it's, yes it's not a, <laughs> it's not about the size of, uh, of the neck or 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 the <laughs> Hang on, no, this, you, you've, you've taken this too far. I've been biting my tongue for the last two minutes trying to uh, get that horrible, sort of cringy bit of innuendo out. And then, yeah, then he made, made it even more weird, which I didn't think was was possible. Um, 
I think you're going to play a little song for us fairly soon. But before we uh, before we have that, how do you find that balance? Because obviously your life is music. You are living together, you're touring together, you're constantly in each other's presence and you've got that real sort of drive. But how don't you ever wind each other up? Don't you drive each other crazy? And how do you find that balance together as a couple or just that headspace to allow you to actually function professionally and and personally well we do drive each other crazy um i don't think that that would be that it wouldn't be right to to uh kind of create an illusion that everything's really easy because like everybody's lives and everybody's relationships you know nothing's ever easy but especially when you're trying really hard to you know, be creative and, and the, the frustrations, you know, to, to have to share the same frustration, you know, when you get to share success, that's fantastic. Um, and mostly it's a great thing to also share the, the, um, the kind of lack of success or the, or the disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes it can be really hard, you know, to, to, to both feel that equally as powerfully. Um, and, but you're right, there has to be a balance and that, that, honestly I think comes from whether that's me having to go into the kitchen and make a mac and cheese or you going in and and going for a run Um, buying a drum kit (laughs) yeah the drums but I think it's (laughs) maybe really it's got to be you do have to have a balance and and we we don't always get that right but um especially when we're touring it's really really how do you switch off then what's your what are your alternative outlets Knitting. We know we're getting box sets and things and cooking. Yeah, mine's knitting, um, knitting and cooking. Ooh, rock and roll. Very, very rock and roll. It's so not rock and roll, but I absolutely. At the, and at the same time, I, I just see you with uh, chopsticks and noodles, <laughs> trying to make a nice little edible scarf. Oh, that'd be fun. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Um, Next challenge of lockdown. Yeah. It's it's important to have a a, a switch off um, mechanism. I, I, I probably struggled with that for a while. I didn't really have one, but I've been trying to concentrate um, as much as I can on just getting a lot of exercise in whilst we're at home, because that's something that I find really frustrating when we're touring, yeah. um, is that um, I can't exercise as much as I want. And then even when I have time, I'm tired, and then I don't go for a run. And then that annoys me. I'm annoyed with myself in the evening. I'm like, I should have gone for a run this morning. Idiot. Why didn't I go for a fucking run? And then the next day, I'll, I'll go the next day. And then and then I don't because I'm tired. And so that... Um, I've, Very yeah, easily done. Yeah. So there's sort of the, um, the lockdown period I've tried to use to get, you know, go for a run every day because, because I can. Why not? I should have been yeah. able to sleep. We weren't gigging the night before. And uh, that's doing that is definitely, um, if I feel, um, you know, if you get your run out in the way in the morning, I, I will have a much better day than I would have done if mm. I didn't go for a run in the morning. I, I just feel much more productive, much yeah. better about everything. And did you run this morning? Uh, I didn't run this morning. I did I did a workout this morning, though. So I'm feeling, oh, I'm so feeling okay. Yeah. Okay. But I was wondering whether this is normal level of grumpiness or whether, <laughs> whether, whether you have got it out of your system. <laughs> Our, our, our friends and family as well are something that keeps us incredibly balanced and and happy and uh yeah we're, we're very lucky to to you know our families are really supportive of you know if we've been on tour for ages you know they'll come out and 
and see us um, if we're away. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's good to have a little gang, I think, you know, of, of yeah. supporters who you, who you really love and trust. It's, it's, it's nice to have that. So we, we rely on that a lot. Sounds good. Well, hopefully I can join that gang in person at some point yeah. uh, when, when it allows. And then you'll regret saying that, won't you? <laughs> yeah, if it's all right, uh, I'd love for you to play a little song for us. Let's play a song. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, if you can include a D major chord <laughs> in there. Oh, it's all in D. Quite nice tune. There's something even better about a D major chord when it's slightly out of tune as well. The, the last thing to say about productivity, I, I would say, is that if you feel like one day has been not a good one, draw a line under it. You know, tomorrow, you, you know, we the thing that we've all got is is a lot of time. Um, well, you know, lots of people have a lot of time. Unless you have children. Unless you have children. Or unless you are unless you're working. working now, which but, lots of people are. But a lot of people do have time, and I think it's important that, you know, if one day has been bad, it's not, you don't have to carry it over. You can go to sleep. You can wake up and you can try again the next day. And, you know, that's kind of how I've been feeling. You know, if, if, if one day's been bad, it's like, all right, just don't dwell. Just don't dwell. It's fine. It's fine. Just go to sleep, wake up, do something productive tomorrow. So words of wisdom, don't get downhearted. Tomorrow is a new day. Don't have children and don't have a real job. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Sounds like a good plan. You, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you probably didn't. You've probably been thinking it for a long time if you do have kids and a real job. <laughs> yeah archie and izzy i believe you are set up and ready to play us a little song so in your own time please take it away okay So you can observe 
so afraid of anyone else. Oh, land is burning, and we're all gonna burn as one. And if there ain't no rest for the wicked, then there ain't no rest for us, cause we've got better things than we can for fun. All here together, and now for number one, the devil's on our side. Come and come and come. We gotta come and come. We got Absolutely fantastic. Thanks for that, guys. I now want to drink and go out dancing, to be honest. That was absolutely brilliant. Let's do it. It's midday. Yeah, it's exactly. Thursday. Archie and Izzy, tomorrow. you've been fantastic guests. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to see you and, and hear you. I hope to see you in person really, really soon when restrictions allow. For people listening and watching, please do go to their website, ferrisandsylvester.com, to find out about the upcoming single release, EP release later in the year, hopefully, and uh, all the other stuff they've been getting up to, including potentially some more live performances, uh, which you'll be able to join in with. Once again, Archie and Izzy, enjoy the rest of your time in lockdown, and thanks for being on Lockdown Beauty Calls. Thank you for having me. See you soon. This is a lockdown. Booty Calls.